Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast. I am your host, Janae Jones or Illy Bish. I'll answer to either. I'm so excited because um, it has been a really long time since I have posted a podcast episode. And technically, we are still in season four, yet this is only the second episode. I've done a lot of restructuring which I have worked so hard on and I'm so proud to finally give birth to uh, right now, so to speak. So just wanted to catch you guys up. I'll continue to post podcast episodes. I just wanted you to know that those podcast episodes will be coming from YouTube content primarily, where instead of just having the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast, I'm going to actually have different shows, so to speak, or series um, that discuss various topics. So I'm so happy and proud to announce today um, the debut episode of a show slash series called Love Thug. And Love Thug is primarily dedicated to discussing relationships. Mm, I'm all tongue-tied today. Relationships. Now, Relationships, of course, covering the gamut from romantic ones, familial ones, best friendships, business relationships, all types of stuff. But the importance of Love Thug is to really look at these things through an astrological, psychological, and spiritual lens. And in the future, we'll be having guests on to discuss some of the topics at hand even deeper. I am so excited 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 of course you are more than welcome to continue to listen um to content on this podcast but if you'd like to view the actual content as well as be notified when we're going to go live and have audience participation please make sure you subscribe to the spiritual gangsta certified youtube channel Link is in the description, or you can look up Spiritual Gangsta Certified directly on YouTube to find the channel. You guys are not going to want to miss all of the things that we have coming. So, I hope you're ready. What we have this week is phenomenal, but it's only going to get better from here. I missed you guys. I really did. I'm so happy to be back into the groove of making content, and I hope everybody had a fantastic summer. Welcome to Libra season, and welcome to Love Thug. The following segment was recorded on Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the revamped Spiritual Gangster Certified channel. I am your host, Janae Jones, also known as Illy Vish, and I'm so excited to be starting this off. Now, unlike the podcast that, you know, we'd have some chat and chill sessions and stuff like that, I really wanted to be able to cover a wide variety of topics that were astrological and spiritual. So you guys will be seeing in the coming weeks a lot of different content that I have been working so hard on. And what you're seeing today is the very first episode of a show called Love Thug. Now, Love Thug is all about relationships, 
be they romantic, be they familial, just relationships in general. I want people to better get acquainted with their love styles, their traumas, all the different things that actually contribute to how we relate to others. So welcome to the very first episode of Love Thug. Later on, I will be actually showing a card pull as well as a charm casting that the, I'm sorry, her name was the Renaissance Mystic. She now goes by the Virgin Priestess and she does excellent work. So I can't wait to share that with you guys. Um, it's a card pull for the collective for Libra season and Mercury retrograde in Libra. So I hope you guys are ready for that. Now, today is the very last day of Virgo season, very last full day of Virgo season. Virgo season has been quite interesting. Um, for me, it is a time where the sun transits my 11th and 12th houses. So there's a huge focus for me on my networks, friendship circles, um, clubs, groups, things that I am a part of. And then by the time the sun goes into my 12th house, it's hitting my Saturn and my black moon Lilith. This is that undercover part of the chart, the house of isolation, dreams, self undoing, if you're not aware of the energy that's there. So it's been a very, very interesting time. Also, what I'm going to go over is a couple of posts that I put up on the Spiritual Gangster Certified Facebook page. If you're not already following the page, you can do so at facebook.com slash Spiritual Gangster Certified Official. We'd love to have you over there. It's a nice community of amazing people. And I've just been so glad that everybody over there has been following me on my spiritual journey. So excited for that. Now, let's get started because we're going to be entering the Cardinal Air season of Libra tomorrow. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about Libra season. So I'm pulling up the chart for it. Let's see if we can zoom in some. I want to make sure it is extraordinarily clear what we are looking at. Now, I encourage everybody, if you're just getting into astrology, just learning um, things about it, especially if you're trying to understand how astrological energies impact you personally, to really start with looking where the sun is. That's one of the easiest things that you can do. Now, when we're talking about Western tropical astrology, I always tell people it's a good idea to look at it in a way that is very close to nature because technically it is based on the sun's ecliptic or the apparent path the sun seems to take up into the Tropic of Cancer and down into the Tropic of Capricorn. So in essence, it is based on seasons. That's right, seasons. So the cardinal seasons, I'm sorry, cardinal signs start off the seasons. Aries kicks off spring. Cancer kicks off summer. Libra season, which we're about to enter now, kicks off fall. 
and then Capricorn season kicks off winter. When you think of the qualities of some of the signs, it's important to, well, all of the signs actually, it's important to think about how they relate to the seasons in the Northern Hemisphere. I feel like that's one of the greatest things I ever did when I was first learning astrology, watching videos about it, reading books. I just essentially got very, very, very familiar with how things correlate. And you can see that our ancestors had to be very dependent on weather to eat, live, and thrive. You can understand the importance of the correlation of the signs to the seasons. So I hope everybody had a wonderful summer. We are entering the season of Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus, as is Taurus. Now, unlike Taurus energy, which is fixed Earth energy, we've got Libra energy being cardinal air. Cardinal signs all share the same initiating quality. They want to get up and get things going. They want things to move. Now, in terms of looking at things from a seasonal perspective, by the time we've reached Libra season, we're harvesting what we planted in Aries season. Again, by the time we get to Libra season, we're harvesting what we planted in Aries season. I want you guys to think back to the beginning of Aries season, which is the astrological new year. What was going on for you at that time? What was going on for you at that time? What were you doing? What were your plans? What did you feel a deep-seated need to express, get out, or make movement towards? Aries energy is really go-getter. Like, it, it wants to come flying out the gate to get shit done. It's action-oriented. Now, Libra is Aries' opposite. Aries is generally known to be the sign of self, while Libra energy is the sign of our relationship to other people. So this is one of the reasons I thought it was very important to speak about the beginning of Libra season on Love Thug because so many issues have been coming up for so many people regarding their one-to-one -one relationships. When we're talking about one-to-one -one relationships astrologically, we're also talking about the seventh house in the chart, okay? Now, you'll notice, like even if you look on the screen, I pulled the chart for the beginning of Libra season from where I am in Pennsylvania, which would put Capricorn on the Ascendant. But first house, self, what's directly opposite? Others. That lesson tells us a lot of times that we learn about ourselves through others and vice versa. The energy of Libra is about partnership, one-on-one, -on -one, contracts, agreements. I know the first thing that people think about when they think about this energy is their romantic relationships. And yes, those are very important, but you also have different one-to-one -one relationships in other scenarios, like one-to-one -one relationships that you'll have with a business partner, a best friend, your parents, anything, you know? Contracts that you get into. This is very, 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 very important to remember. So as we are coming upon this season, um, Mars is also at five degrees of Libra. So there's a conjunction 
not a tight, tight one, but a conjunction to Mars as we enter this, this season. Now, it's interesting because I just wanted to note, the sun does not necessarily like being in the sign of Libra. The sun will, pr will prefer to be in its ruling sign, Leo or Aries loves me in there right and since libra is the opposite of aries it's not really a place that the sun likes to be and since mars is in libra as well and mars is the ruling planet of aries mars doesn't necessarily like being here either when we think of this energy, and I'm gonna try to keep it really, really, really simple to begin with, because there's so much to cover and I wanna make sure that I cover it all. But when we think about this, the sun's in an uncomfortable place, not the most uncomfortable, that would be Aquarius, but um, Mars is in an uncomfortable place. These two things working together, they give each other energy. The sun is gonna boost up it's going to basically shine a spotlight, give energy to that which it is making contact with. So in general, you could look at Mars energy uh, aligned with the sun as being <laughs> a rile up in a way, okay? The sun is like that battery pack giving some extra energy to Mars. Now, what are some of the themes here with these planets and the sign of relationships? Well, Libra energy is the social sign par excellence. Social shine, sign, Ooh, said that all wrong. Social sign par excellence. Air signs in general, think of air, air's everywhere. Okay, there's very few places where you won't find air. Libra social likes to be out among people, see all the things, experience the things. It's also air, which is thought-based, discussing different ideas. Aesthetics is really big to Libra energy, right? So as we come upon the, the season, what you wanna make sure that you're doing is paying attention to at least where the sun and Mars will be transiting your natal or progressed charts. You need help with this. I love doing readings, helping get people better acquainted with their astrological energy. The link to do that will be in the description. Now, what happens when Mars is in a sign like Libra and the sun is there too? Well, um, when I think of this energy, the first thing, the very first thing that comes to mind is the scales, that's Libra, what Libra is represented by, right? Libra does not necessarily like confrontation, okay? It wants to be fair, wants to balance things out. Now, with Mars being in the sign of Libra, you know, indecisiveness when it comes to taking action can come to the fore. The sun is also adding to this energy. You want to be very, 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 very careful during Libra season with this energy of Mars here too, and with Mercury about to go retrograde in Libra, that you're clear about things, okay? Now, there may be some things that come up for you where you're kind of feeling like, 
okay, I was already kind of on the fence about this. I don't really know what to do with it. What am I supposed to do here? Okay, this energy is only going to further push that. I, for the most part, I'm a Libra rising. So I like Libra season because by the time we get about to the 11th day of Libra season, we have the sun blessing my ascendant. I always feel rejuvenated, renewed. It is the spring, so to speak, of my chart. And I do find that not everybody necessarily likes Libra energy. I hear people talk a lot of different things about what they don't like. There can be kind of a wishy-washy quality, kind of superficial quality to Libra. And when you think about the Zodiac Wheel, it tells a story as we start with Aries and work our way all the way around to Pisces. Now, let's think about what just happened with Virgo season. So, Virgo season, mutable earth sign, okay? Virgo is known from sep for separating what's necessary from what's not, separating the wheat from the shaft, so to speak, right? What we have during that time frame is we're sorting through the details. Little things come up that we pay better attention to. Virgo is also a health-oriented sign. I notice that every year there are a lot of people in my life who... <laughs> start to get a little bit more nitpicky during uh, Virgo season, caring more about their health, paying attention to things that they hadn't before. Now, when we think about how this correlates to nature, it makes a lot of sense because Virgo has to be that energy that separates the wheat from the chaff. It's the virgin out in the field doing that duty. That is a service which Virgo is representative of. Um, to everyone. Think about how much that helps out the collective so that when we're harvesting in Libra season, taking back what the earth has given us after we've planted it in Aries season, we know what we have. We have what we can use, okay? We, we don't have anything extra. We don't have anything, um, you know, too little, hopefully, if we've planted our seeds correctly. It's very, very important to look at the transition of the sun into a different sign, kind of in a themed way. For those who are interested, you can send me a message and I'll send you a workbook that I made. It was a self-love workbook for one of the events that I had. And in it is keywords for all of the signs. Now, I think it's important to say something because when I see people discussing astrology and saying a bunch of different things about what they think it is versus how it can actually be used practically, I see something missing, <laughs> to be very honest. And what I see missing is some people that think it's hogwash anyway will be like, so I don't understand how you're saying there's only 12 types of people, which it's not really saying exactly that. But think of it this way. Astrology is taking everything that there is known in the universe and breaking it down into 12 categories. When you think of that, that's a lot of shit. Okay? Everything being placed into one of 12 categories. So there's going to be a lot of different themes that fit each category or sign. So when you look at keywords, which I I highly recommend it, especially for newbies, even for people who are a little bit more advanced, you can't forget 
the keywords. They're instrumental in helping you understand how these energies operate. So when we're talking about Libra energy, if you go to this workbook, you'll see some keywords for Libra. Now, I should have actually pulled them up. That would have been a great idea. I can actually still do that. I really do enjoy doing things on the fly. But um, I know most people are probably most concerned at this point with how this stuff will affect relationships. I mean, I don't blame you. I, I, I definitely understand it, especially with the so-called impending doom of a Mercury retrograde. I also want to kind of go over what that actually means, because I think that a lot of people are a little bit confused, just a little bit confused about Mercury retrograde. And for me, one of the most important things I think of um, when I think of retrograde cycles and such is that all planets do it. Well, the sun and the moon, which are considered planets in astrology, don't. But um, it's not just Mercury that goes retrograde. And for some reason, people just don't know that. So let me go over here and share new um, screen. Just one second. If anybody has any questions about this, feel free to message, reach out. I'd be glad, more than glad to help. So I'm pulling this up and let's get it on the screen now. So um, this was a workbook that I did for an event that I did. So I'm going to scroll down to keywords so here we go pulling up on libra now okay again with the sun being like this giant spotlight that's being shown on whatever area it's covering and in this case covering the energy of libra you have adjustments now everything isn't going to hit the same for everybody that's why it's so important to understand the keywords because you want to really make sure that you're taking into account what is resonant with your current situation, what you're going through. All of this is severely important, especially when we're dealing with other people, because if you're not right, if you don't have yourself together, what are the qualities of your relationships like? So here's some things that we can ask ourselves during Libra season. Okay, Libra, adjustment. This is the, the energy of that. It's like calibrating. If we have scales, scales are tipped too far one way or too far the other then we get extremes which is really interesting because the sign that comes after libra is scorpio which represents extremes now if you're a libra sun moon or especially a rising because i'm a libra rising i can tell y'all right now i don't know why i picked the advanced course as a libra rising your entire chart is about balance the entire thing. You've got the energy of opposites. Libra energy is in the Aries house, okay? Scorpio energy is in Taurus's house. Sagittarius energy is in Gemini's house, and so on and so forth. So the balance that Libra seeks, 
which is sometimes very hard one is necessary because if we don't live in harmony, if we don't live in balance, then we find ourselves living at extremes. If you think about some of the energy of the past couple of years, especially leading up to like the 2020 election, things were so, people were so polarized. You know what I mean? Democrat, Republican. Polar opposite, so to speak, even though hermetically opposites are the same energy just at other ends of the, the spectrum, okay? Different in degree, same in nature. But adjustments have to be made so we don't live at extremes. Sometimes it's necessary to live at extremes. Sometimes you, you have to pick a side. There, there's no two ways about it. But Libra Energy asks how we can fall into balance and have harmony. So adjustment, one keyword. As I'm reading through these, I want you guys to kind of think about how they hit you, how they resonate with you. Adaptable, okay? Now it's interesting because it is a cardinal sign, so ready to go for it, but it's willing to go for it in the areas of adjustment and adaptability. In order for harmony to come about, in order for balance to happen, change has to happen. There's no avoiding it, okay? Now, you can think of this in terms of your relationships and how you're feeling unto yourself. Aesthetics, for sure. Libra energy loves the beautiful things. It's Venus ruled, okay? Art lover. Art will speak to Libra energy. It is an expression of humanity about how we live, love, enjoy, and communicate with one another. Libra energy is also associated with attractiveness. How is the nature of attractiveness going to come into your life depending on where the sun is transiting your chart right now? Balance. Already said that, Libra's the scales. Seeking that balance can sometimes not be so easy, especially because Libra doesn't necessarily like confrontation. And sometimes in order to strike balance, we've got to have confrontation. Wars are fought because of that. In order for there to be peace, which comes about when there's harmony, sometimes we've got to do things we don't want to do. Charming. Good word. <laughs> Definitely charm is a Libran quality. It's funny because with all my other astrological energy, until I learned my birth chart, I couldn't understand why I was so good with so many different people. It didn't matter their walks of life, where they came from, their age, none of that matters. Like I have a knack for relating to people. It's that charm that, you know, Libra energy has. Even in like previous jobs and things that I've had, I was in call center positions, call center management, um, sales, all those sorts of things. Sometimes you get people who are not easy to deal with. So turning up, ticking up that charm definitely was something that would help. Communicative. Okay. Again, Libra being an air sign. Communication important. All the information needs to get out, okay? Companionable. Again, this is the essence and the energy of our relationship to another, okay? So having companions. Compromise. Compromise is also something that we look for as far as Libra is concerned. That goes back to that balance. You know, when you're having 
issues in your relationships where you're having a hard time coming to an accord with somebody, sometimes whether we like it or not, we've got to compromise. It's, it's there. Conciliation. Same thing. How can we get things together? How can we speak to reconciling things, getting things to work well together? Congenial. Is Libra energy rough? Not necessarily. Is it abrupt? Not necessarily. It's more go with the flow. Friendly. Considerate. I think this is something that Libra suns, in essence, get a lot of flag for. Um, the friendliness and, and consideration uh, for people can sometimes be taken wrong. I can tell you guys as a Libra rising, I don't know how many times I've just been being considerate of someone's feelings or just being, you know, a kind person. I like kind as opposed to nice. I feel like nice is something that your parents make you be to people you don't want to be kind to. But when you're considerate at times, I've noticed people think that is flirting. I don't be thinking about that in the least. But, you know, just treating people in the way I would want to be treated at times kind of makes them think I'm flirting with them. Cooperation. I'm going to move a little faster through some of these. Um, creativity. The Libran aesthetic. Um, is very much driven by creativity. Sometimes, sometimes I will say Libran energy, its creative side can kind of fly by the seat of its pants because it's a cardinal sign and kind of be a little flaky because, you know, they see something that's inspiring and they're off over here see something that's inspiring off over here. Oh, I want to get involved in that. Oh, I want to get involved in this. It can be a lot. Diplomatic, of course. Of course. Diplomats are people that come in and speak in sometimes very contentious situations to bring harmony. Libra energy dislikes crudeness, again, because it's considerate. It's elegant. Fair, okay? Again, the fairness. When I think about being a little kid, one of the things that would always bother me is seeing injustices, seeing things that weren't fair. It's not fair naturally became part of my vocabulary. Uh, frivolous. Because there's so much beauty in the world, it is totally understandable why... <laughs> There's a frivolousness quality uh, to Libra energy. Like, oh, I want that and that and that and that. It can seem as if things don't really mean that much. It's kind of surface. Now I'm going to read um, through the rest of these because I want to keep going. Good taste, graceful, harmony, idealistic, impartial, impractical, indecisive, initiates ideas that that within itself is saying cardinal initiates ideas air signs right insincere sometimes it can feel like because this libran energy wants to keep harmony and does not want any sort of issue that it's a bit insincere because think about it you ever have somebody tell you, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all? Well, just because you didn't say 
what you were thinking doesn't mean you didn't think it. <laughs> so that can come off a little insincere. Intelligent. Judgment. Definitely represents judgment. Lawmaking, etc. Kind. Peaceable. Perfectionist. The thing about this is Libra energy has Virgo in the 12th house. I like to say whatever falls in a science 12th house, it's almost like their secret or hidden motivation or talent or way of being that it has a being. So with Virgo in the 12th, I have a lot of Virgo energy anyway, but with Virgo in the 12th house, Libra energy, it's, it's a secret perfectionist. That's why it's good at dealing with aesthetics. Things that are aesthetically pleasing are about symmetry and balance. So that has a lot to do with it. Uh, pleasing. Definitely. This is pleasing energy. Polite, reasonable, refined, relatedness, self to other, self-absorbed. Yeah, it can be a little self-absorbed. Definitely. <laughs> in the house of self, though, in the first house, Libra energy has Libra. Okay. Um, which means, and this would apply in a lot of other cases, depending on what we're talking about, but Libra energy in the house of self means that there's a dependence almost on relationship to other people to learn about oneself. So sometimes this energy can kind of come off a little rough because in order to learn about yourself, you have to have the relationship to other Sensitive to beauty. Oh, it will move Libra to be able to see and take in everything that's there. Sits on the fence. Yep. Sometimes doesn't have an easy time making a decision with that not liking confrontation. But then at the same time, wanting to be fair. Um, sociable, of course, like I said, social sign par excellence. Superficial, tactful thoughtful. Now the superficiality is interesting because right after Libra season is Scorpio season, which is the antithesis, wow, wow, said it wrong, antithesis of superficiality. Scorpio needs depth. So it's interesting that the sign that sits right next to it, that comes right before it, is kind of superficial about the looks, about how things appear, right? Tactful. Thoughtful, vacillating, nah, can't make up my mind, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, welcoming. So those are the sorts of things that come up when, you know, we're talking about Libra energy. But what I also wanted to do is to make sure um, that we were talking about how Libra energy would apply when it comes to certain things that we're talking about or dealing with. So give me just one second. On Sunday, I had put a post up on the Spiritual Gangsta Certified page and I asked for feedback and let people know that I most definitely will be discussing what they said um, on an upcoming recording. Cause I think this is really, really, really important. Like. Let me show you guys what I'm talking about. Just a moment. And this will also be on the podcast, so I'll read it out loud because I know you can't see stuff on that. Get the screen together. 
And this is just what I posted on Sunday. And I, I had a lot of thoughts about this. Um, I wanted to make sure that I looked at what everybody else was thinking about it. So let's look at this. Since Happy Sunday, I saw this and felt it in so, on so many levels. So many levels that I want to have a discussion with y'all about how you feel about this. I'll be including your comments in a video I'm doing this week. So here was what the post said. So somebody posted this on Twitter. Um, I am Yoba at MSIPA. And it's several tweets. And I'll go ahead and read through them. Now it says, I don't want a relationship with someone who chooses me purely based on their feelings instead of a combination of feelings, logic, and practicality. I read that and was like, okay, no, I could see that because... In relationships sometimes, especially in my personal experience, especially when I was younger, feelings were all-encompassing. Pisces shit, y'all, okay? Um, me being a Pisces. Um, but, you know, how I felt about someone was the end-all, be-all, almost, right? So, growing up and learning that feelings can't be the end-all be-all have been interesting it says i want an easy life and will not endure hardship or inconvenience just because i love you neither should you now before i even look at the comments from all of this when i posted it on the page i already knew that that was going to like trigger something in a lot of people i want an easy life okay life can be hard we don't always get what we want. So, I mean, I get that. And will not endure hardship or inconvenience just because I love you. Now, I want to add something here because as I'm reading this, the way that I'm taking it is I have endured hardship and inconvenience in the name of love, but to an extreme. I don't think that you should necessarily run out on someone you're involved with be that a romantic relationship, a friendship, family stuff, you know, just because of hardship or inconvenience. Like if at the slightest sign of hardship and inconvenience, you are just like, fuck this, I'm out. I don't necessarily think that makes you very balanced. Libra theme, right? Because Life is full of inconveniences. Life is full of hardships. And sometimes we need to be there for other people. I do get where this person was coming from, though. Um, especially since they said, neither should you. At least they weren't speaking from a completely selfish standpoint, where it's like, I'm not putting up with that. But they also recognize another's right. The fairness. See these Libran themes coming in? The fairness that, you know, they wouldn't want somebody else to endure something that they themselves wouldn't but i'll get to you guys' thoughts on that in a minute so let me go to the next part of the tweet tweets excuse me i want to be able okay it's missing a word i want to be able to look at you and think it makes complete sense to be with you on top of what i feel for you otherwise it's time wasting I agree with that. Um, 
especially speaking from the perspective that sometimes our feelings get in the way of shit and I will be sharing in the coming months little bits and pieces of like one of the most horrendous situations I've ever been through in my entire life. It was like 10 years long, very abusive relationship, something that I didn't even think that I could overcome or survive. And in a lot of ways, I'm not the same person that I was back then. But what I recognize is the reason that I stayed in that situation for so long, the reason why I endured it for so long is because there was a part of me that was like, through the roughest of times, when you love someone, you're supposed to be there for them. Now, again, I'm a Libra rising. That was me living at an extreme. Because in the case of that person who was mentally, physically, emotionally abusive, and on top of that had a secret drug addiction that I didn't know about right away. You know, it didn't make sense for me to be with that person just because of what I felt for them, okay? It would make more sense for me to want to be with them because other needs were met or because there was balance and harmony in the situation and it really wasn't. It was definitely, I don't want to say it was a waste of time completely because I believe everything happens for a reason. And I did get beautiful children, beautiful, amazing children out of that situation. So that wasn't a waste of time. But when I sit back and think of some of the things that I went through, you know, besides the violence, theft, my stuff coming up missing because of their drug problems, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I would much rather not have gone through that to be honest um but then he goes on to say i also want love without attachment you need to have an existence beyond our relationship and love me because it's something you choose to do i don't want to be suffocated with a love that's founded on fear of losing me like everything in life i am replaceable so are you Now, when I was looking at other comments, you can see on the side, these aren't comments from when I posted it, but like comments from the original post. A lot of people did not fuck with this. They did not like it. Okay. The love without attachment thing. Now, hopefully some of the guests that will be coming on um, in coming episodes, we can talk about some of this because I see people argue about attachment all the time. And in the spiritual community... There are a lot of people who say you shouldn't be attached to anything. And I mean, we can look up definitions for words and see what they mean and take them literally if we must. I mean, we're at the last degree of Virgo. So very important to uh, see that detail and what that means. But I think when people saw also want love without attachment, they really took it like, how can you love someone without being attached to them in any way? And I know I love hard. I know I do. I'm a Venus and Taurus natally and honey. It it's hard sometimes for me to get into a relationship, but then it's equally as hard to get out of it. For other people that this is true for, it's hard to imagine having been in a relationship without there having been attachment. What I'm learning is that a lot of unhealed wounds contributed to that and usually do with people. Now, the way that I look at non-attachment is not 
like, oh, you know, you shouldn't appreciate or get used to or get excited about anybody because everybody's replaceable. That's like a very cynical way to look at it. It's more so like, well, a person is still themselves. They have their whole life. They have experiences that they came here to have. I don't want to hold anybody back from those things. While I can love you and form something with you, that does not mean that I want to stop you from experiencing life, from fulfilling your purpose, from those sorts of things. Now, remember the energy of Libra talks about partnerships and contracts, like legal contracts. When we sign contracts, when we agree to shit, what we're saying is, okay, here's the terms for how we're going to deal with this endeavor or this relationship or this whatever. And it usually lists any sort of consequences for not holding to the contract. So a contract automatically denotes some sort of attachment, so to speak, because in order for two parties to come together and form something that there's got to be some sort of attachment there but i guess what it's talking about more so is like negative attachment okay which there's a lot that we could go into about that psychologically like codependency etc which is definitely a libra theme but um i want love without the sort of attachment that's toxic is how i would say it um then the part about you need to have an existence beyond our relationship and love me because it's something you choose to do. I 100% agree with that. I know a lot of people and because we've all grown up watching movies and reading books that sometimes paint um, relationship, romantic love as the end all be all. You'll have people say stuff like you complete me. I remember when I was younger, that used to sound cute. At my age now, that does not sound cute. I don't want to complete anybody. I, no, I don't want anybody to complete me. I am whole already, okay? A relationship in its healthiest form would be two whole individuals coming together and creating a separate thing. But in your wholeness, are you really whole if your entire world, life, whatever revolves around your attachment to another person you know i've actually met people like that it's like you don't have any hobbies or things that you do that are fulfilling it's just your relationship that's concerning for me depending on your love style depending on your needs some things may vary for people but essentially if your partner doesn't have a life of their own outside of you then all they have is you that puts a lot of pressure on people. Like you are then who that person looks to for their happiness, who who they look to for everything. And I am one of the people that firmly believe nobody can make you happy. They can add to your happiness. Okay. They can subtract from it too with their presence, depending on how they're acting. But your happiness is your job. Then he went on again to say, I don't want to be suffocated with a love that's founded on fear of losing me. Amen. Now, to some extent, and I've seen this written in some posts, a, a fear of losing somebody, not like a looming, heavy, like, 
ridiculous fear. Like, oh my God, like every waking moment of your day is like, I don't want to lose this person. I more so take it like you'll respect the contract. Remember, Libra energy, seventh house energy represents partnerships, relationships, and contracts. Okay. So if you get into a relationship with a person, what are you doing? You're agreeing to certain terms that pull that relationship together. In most cases, and not every relationship is like that, but in a lot of cases, this would be what causes people to say they agree to be monogamous and faithful with their partner. That's part of the terms in the agreement. Now, in general, if a person didn't want to be suffocated, suffocated with a love that's founded on the fear of losing them, that's a completely different thing than saying, I agree to honor this contract because I realize that a consequence of not honoring it means I lose the relationship and I don't want to lose that person. You guys kind of see what I'm saying? Everything in life is replaceable. So are you. So am I, so to speak. In a way, it's true and it isn't true. There's only one you. There's only one person that has your story, has walked your path and is doing what you're doing. Okay, but... I kind of get what they're saying here, but I saw this as being one of the things that was going to rile people up when they read it. Let's continue. If we can't be extensions of who we are as a unit, then there's no need to get involved with me. Again, having your own things, your own life, your own goals, your own everything outside of the relationship is paramount. Uh, self, healthy sense of self, Aries energy, first house energy can make for a healthy partnership or relationship to other seventh house energy, Libra energy. Okay. I don't want to be needed. Some people honestly need to be needed, like, or, or, or that's part of their makeup. Like if they don't feel needed, they don't know what to do. Now, this, like, I guess it's dependent on what you're talking about. For me, I would prefer to be wanted. And going back to something that they said earlier, I just realized I didn't cover a point that I wanted to. You know, when there's this sense of, like, attachment and ownership and nothing else outside of it, actually, let me go back and go to the point that I was talking about that brought that. Oh, you need to have an existence beyond our relationship and love me because it's something you choose to do. Choose. Choice. Being a person that's into spirituality, I have a lot of people that will approach me about like love spells and stuff. I don't do love spells of any sort except for myself, so to speak. And I, I don't even necessarily know if you would call it a spell, but it kind of is. It's an, it's their affirmations. I am not the sort of person who wants to do a spell to make somebody love or like me that's insulting to me for some reason it just doesn't feel real i don't want anybody to have to have some outside influence when it comes to how they feel about me like that that's ridiculous like i want something authentic right sorry i had to go back to that because that's a point i wanted to make but um I'll support you, they continue on to say, with whatever, but I don't want to be your principal source of peace and happiness. 
I agree with that. Do your own emotional labor and dirty work. That hits. One of the things that is most disturbing to me when I hear people talk about the problems that they've had in their relationships is how much emotional labor a lot of people have had to do for their partner or for their parents or for their friends. During the season, y'all, I really want to point out, especially because Mercury's going to go retrograde and we're going to wind up having... People come back during the retrograde, they do. But we're going to have a lot of focus and thoughts about our connections and relationships. It's going to be on a collective level, right? But um, it's disturbing to me how many people get pulled down and shifted away from doing their own healing shadow trauma work because they have to do the emotional labor and so-called dirty work for their connections and partners. Like it's it's really not fair. It's, it's, it's really not fair. I can tell you, I don't know how many situations where I've allowed myself both romantic as well as platonic to be stuck doing someone else's emotional labor. Like having to unpack things for yourself is heavy enough. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with helping someone through something, but when you are carrying the bulk of the burden of what they need to unpack emotionally, understand about their self, the traumas they need to work through, it's too much, it's too much. So I, I kind of understood where the person was coming from when they said, do your own emotional labor and dirty work, because yes, yes, please. He goes on to say, love is possible when you're not needed. So when you're wanted, I guess, instead. Now, this is something that you could either agree or disagree with, depending on how you're looking at it. But, um, well, Babies need their mothers, their caretakers, the people that take care of them. And it's interesting because I've been reading that psychologically, some people are like, well, do babies actually love their mothers? Or is it because mothers and caretakers fulfill their needs? Babies wet, caretaker changes. Babies hungry, caretaker feeds them. Their needs are fulfilled by this other individual. So there's some people that posit, especially when it comes to early development, that we all kind of start off a little narcissistic in that, you know, we have connections and bonds with people based on them fulfilling our needs. So I guess from that perspective, love is possible when you're not needed instead wanted. Like, I mean, once you pass that stage of development and are older, that makes the difference between you feeling used in a situation because someone needs you. Like, let's say if you're in a relationship and it's not a good one, but you're with a person that's only with you because they need somewhere to live or they need this or they need that. Yeah, that doesn't feel very loving. So I can kind of get where they're coming from with that. It also says love is possible with boundaries. Boundaries are necessary. Listen, please take it from me. It sounds all good based on this romanticized Hollywood version of love to do absolutely anything for those that you love. 
but I am here to tell you that if you are not careful and can't recognize the separation between yourself and others when it truly, truly, truly counts, you may be pulled down into some shit you're not ready for. And you you don't wanna go through that. Boundaries are so important. There are some lines that should just not be crossed or you wouldn't be comfortable having crossed. And that's okay. We don't need we don't need to lose ourselves so much in relationships and connections that we wound up with absolutely no boundaries because you will be so taken advantage of or feel so taken advantage of when that happens. He goes on to say, I don't need to lose my mind to be in love with you. It's just ethics. Love doesn't make sense at times. I get it. But believe me, losing your mind to be with someone is not a route that you want to go down. And as a survivor of narcissistic abuse, I speak to so many people who have similar stories as the situations that I've been through. And you literally feel like you're losing your mind. And I guess this is stating in some ways that, you know, I'm setting up a boundary that I'm I'm definitely going to not lose myself or my mind, you know, just to be in love with you. It's just ethics. That's ethical, they're saying. So I'm going to keep going to what he said. Having said this, There's a difference between dependency and someone who simply chooses to confide in you and keep the communication stable. We're going to cover on upcoming episodes of this show, codependency, dependent tendencies, and things like that. I'm going to have some guests on that can speak to this from a psychological standpoint because I think it's so important. A person wanting to talk doesn't mean they're needy. I agree with that. But I'm sure there are people out here, because I've met them myself, who think that the fact that you want to have an open and honest conversation somehow speaks to you being needy and clingy. To me, and for me, clarity is everything. Now, again, we're talking about Libra themes here. So we're going back to contracts. Okay, you're in a relationship with someone, you've agreed to certain things mutually between each other as far as the relationship is concerned. If the terms of the contract aren't clear, how can you hold yourself to them, right? When you're in relationships with people, if boundaries aren't clear, how can anyone adhere to them, right? People wanting to talk about what's going on in a relationship is re-clarifying, I guess, the so-called contractual terms or how you've agreed to treat each other instead of cheat each other, okay? You will be cheated and you're cheating yourself out of honest, open, healthy connections if you were you talking about stuff, people wanting to talk to you about what's going on in your relationship should not be automatically a personal affront. Now, of course, there are situations where there's people that just do a bunch of talk, 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 talk as deflection, you know, away from the real problem. But really, you know, seriously, you guys, in any one-to-one relationship you have with somebody, 
clarity and communication are super important. You have, it, and then he goes on to say, you need to read those lines carefully. You very much do. Continuing, he says, remember, being self-sufficient doesn't mean you get leeway to be an inconsiderate fuck that doesn't even pay attention to their partner. Yes, I'm glad he made this distinction because, again, people who have black or white thinking and are unable to see nuance for whatever reason don't understand that there's a big, huge fucking difference between having your own interest, your own life, um, your own goals, you know, being able to take care of yourself and being just inconsiderate and cold and not caring about your partner or your friends or whomever it is that you are in a partnership or relationship with. He then goes on to say, if you lack empathy and compassion, then the point I'm getting across here is not for you. So yeah, psychopaths, narcissists, you're not going to get this. We'll get into that in another episode. There, Let me just say, you guys, since this is the inaugural episode of Love Thug, there's going to be a lot of content on um, personality disorders and other mental health issues that aid to disharmony, trauma, and abuse in relationships. This is something that I've seen be so prevalent in the collective over the past three or four years that I feel like I would be doing a great disservice to even wanting to help people and talk to people if I didn't talk about those things and bring in people to talk about them with. Like, I just, y'all, there's so many things that need to be on people's radar so that they have healthy connections with other people and so that they know how to recognize I hate the word toxic because it gets thrown around as a spiritual buzzword, but toxic people. Okay. He goes on to say, be kind. Otherwise you're just as useless. So you have to be considerate of your partner and your partnership. I agree with that. He goes on to say, I don't want a relationship with someone who chooses. Wait a minute. Oh no. I'm sorry. Did it go back to the beginning? I think it did. I think that was it. Yes, yes, that was it. I'm sorry. So, um, now going back to you guys' comments. Let's dig into the comments a little bit. I thought this view would be a little bit better. Yolanda Martinez says, This is precisely where I am, although I couldn't have worded it like this to save my life. Unfortunately, because I agree, I'll probably be single for the rest of my life. Oh, love. I hope that's not the case, especially if that's not really what you want. I hope you come to a place of healing where you're able to, you know, integrate the things that you need to integrate in order to have healthy relationships, honey. Allison Osborne says, no offense, but all those things you just posted and I just read are stupid. Well, number one, all I did was share it and ask you for your opinion. I don't care if you think it's stupid better suited for the person that wrote it but let's see what you said love is the most amazing magic and the most powerful magic on earth and in the universe you cannot define it with logic and you sure can't give it the strict list of bs that i just read i disagree with you allison osborne let me tell you why in a lot of cases when you don't set boundaries and you don't have standards what winds up happening is you become a target 
for those individuals on the planet who unfortunately suffer from various traumas, uh, psychological issues, disorders, where it behooves them to pair up with people who think, oh, I can just love you. Love is enough. If you've never been narcissistically abused, then I can kind of understand why you would think that. I wish you love and light and hope that when it does happen to you, you can pull something a little bit more positive that makes more sense. Uh, I'm going to respond. All I did was ask for the audience's opinion. You interjected a bunch of assumption that isn't really... Uh, the basis for why I posted. Oops, spelt that wrong. See? You messing me up. <laughs> but thank you for your uh, participation. I respond to this more directly in the video I'm doing which I will be sure to post the link to. See, y'all get to see in real time how me swiping um, often messes up things. Let me make sure that's right. All I did was ask for the audience's opinion. You interjected a bunch of assumptions, plural, that isn't, that aren't, excuse me. Ooh, look at me having a correct English, my Virgo dominant self. Really the basis for I posted this, but thank you for your participation. I respond to this more, I respond to, I'll say, your comment. Sorry you guys have to watch me do this. Directly in the video I'm doing, which I will be sure to post the link to. So. But anyway, back to part of what Allison was saying. I mean... I think this is very one-sided. People really think that you can love things away or love enough that you won't be affected negatively. When you don't have standards, and I'm not saying what anyone's standards should be. Moreover, what I'm saying is when you don't have them, you run the risk of being run ragged. I don't know how many of y'all out there have been run ragged, but it ain't fun. Just because love is powerful and magical does not mean that you shouldn't have standards for relationships and be able to set those boundaries, hopefully. Laugh out loud, says Altruis. I like this, but then dude goes all anti-compassion whilst talking about having compassion. Mel Drisdale says, that's a love relationship you have with your mother, father, friend, sibling, etc. Not a romantic love. I guess it depends on the person doing it. Um, Ashton Holian says, I'll agree with some of what he said, but I feel like the first tweet is completely off the mark. Well, I could, well, I would like an easy life. I also do want somebody to go through the hardships with. I understand that. What we have to be careful of, though, is understanding that some people, some people's presence in others' lives is for them to be a an eternal hardship to take you through constant hardships. Now, 
while I think it's very admirable for people to be willing to endure hard times because life is a series of peaks and valleys, of course, right? You would be surprised how that thing gets bastardized. And when I say bastardized, I mean used as an excuse to justify people staying in terrible situations where they're being taken advantage of, where they're being abused and half the time don't even realize that what they're enduring is abuse. But I feel you, Ashton. Thank you so much for participating. Carrie E. DeVore. I hope I'm saying everybody's names right. I, like, I apologize in advance if I'm not. I have a name that's spelled like it's not pronounced and have to constantly correct people. So it makes me very sensitive to other people. Um, so Carrie E. DeVore says, I think he makes some valid points in everything I am looking for. It seems like what he is looking for is healthy and has boundaries. If you have been in a toxic or abusive relationships, this will make sense to you. Think I just said that, Carrie. Spot on. I think these boundaries, I like these boundaries, excuse me, and would prefer to add to my happiness than be someone's happiness, if that makes sense. Yes, I was just saying that earlier, like, I don't want a person whose happiness is dependent upon me. You know, let's add to each other's joy, please. Peachy NYV says, it all comes down to people need to heal these parts of themselves that holds the other partner on a pedestal hmm. and the other codependent on them because they feel they need them as they are unconsciously using their partner to fill the voids they never healed. Speak, Peachy. Yes, that's what makes it toxic. Seek those who are actively aware and are working on themselves. Yes, because I don't believe we're ever done truly working on ourselves spiritually. I'm sorry, I skipped ahead physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. I agree. I agree. There are some people who lack awareness, like seriously. And they kind of navigate through life behaving the same way in the relationships that they have with people and are completely unaware of their impact and effect on other people. And then can sometimes turn themselves into victims when they realize that a consequence of, you know, them being the way that they are will push people away and then it's everybody else's fault and it gets dirty, it gets nasty. Key Moore says, I think this is a realistic point of view for a healthy, loving relationship with a person. I agree with this. Okay, thank you, Key. Natasha Rambert, as someone who works in the field of counseling and psychology, he misses the mark on a few things. Some of the things he says makes sense, but some do not. Attachment is a normal part of the human experience. It is. It definitely is. Forming normal attachments actually helps us to have healthy, you know, relationships. When we don't, um, people who don't form them well in early life usually have problems later on. But she goes on to say, he is mixing up attachment with codependency. I can see that. Codependency is a negative or unhealthy attachment. You still need a healthy life of attachment to be with someone that you love. Mothers need to be attached to their children. Indeed, Facebook is a great tool to share because people need to be really careful of following love advice from people who mention psychological terms but have no formal training in psychology, counseling, therapy, therapy or family counseling. I get that. Now, here's the thing. There's an equal responsibility, okay? 
So I should not look at posts that I find online, though some of them may be helpful, encouraging, etc., and think they are on the same level as going to therapy. So yeah, Facebook's a great tool to share because people need, but people need to be really careful. They do <clears throat> because that's where the responsibility comes in. Like you can take someone's opinion in, it can resonate. And in a lot of ways, you know, that shouldn't be a problem. You know, you can think about it, contemplate on it, but I don't think anybody should be looking to a Facebook post as some means of therapy. Sylvija Sabo says, laugh out loud, the guy is single, right? <laughs> what did people say in response to this? Me trying to meet the right person. Look at this meme. Uh, without going out, approaching, or interacting with anyone. <sighs> Haven't found a soulmate yet. Damn. Complicated uh, puzzle. That's funny. Shanamika says, yep, love alone is a feeling and feelings change. Two halves don't make a whole in relationship. You both have to come together and choose to stay together forever. I think love is eternal or it really isn't love at all, but that's a whole other conversation. But we have to actually differentiate something. Like in my own life, I can say this, I can love the entire fuck out of you. Like definitely could love the entire fuck out of a person and never talk to them again. Love doesn't have anything to do with involvement. Okay. I, I tell people this all the time. Like I love humanity and I love all human beings but I don't like everybody I don't want to be around everybody there are some people whose energy would drive me absolutely insane and I cannot but the love isn't gone so I kind of disagree with that um Zane Pertina says valuable info and even though I do agree with most of these guidelines the whole post seems more suited for older people not for young love very strict to the point, had a feeling I'm reading a rule book. Okay, I get it. Tierra Dominique says, love is so underrated and underestimated these days. I could see why you would say that. I could see why you would say that. Um, I don't personally feel that way in my own circles, but on a larger scale, maybe. Anna Kelly says, willing to have a conversation is natural. Do it with respect is the way. Demanding to talk like a child is disrespectful and makes no sense. Tasha Brodus says, I totally agree with all of this. Relationships are not designed to cover up what you fail to address during your singleness. It's necessary to know why you're choosing to be in a relationship and why you choose your person. I'm going to have to come back and react and respond to all of this. I know I'm not going to get to everything in this video, but... There are too many people entering relationships as the warden, mm, yes, and making their mate the prisoner and calling it love. That can be very draining for those who desire meaningful relationships. Those who haven't done the necessary work to heal won't be able to hear this message in this post. I agree, Tasha, with that part. Now, again, I already broke down what I felt about the post itself, so let's see. Natalia Mitchell says, basically is saying they should both be healed and not trauma bond in order to have a healthy relationship. I see that too. They should both love and nurture themselves first and love on one another second. I totally understand what he's saying. I think I got it too, Natalia. Luna Caraballo <clears throat> says, 
A relationship should be based on love for each other from the heart. Both have to put their part, understand that neither one is above the other. They should be equal side by side partners, enjoy each other, be there for each other when times are rough, be there through all the bad times. Because the bad times is when you pull through and come out stronger than ever. That's when you find true love. And know your love and trust for each other is not simple or easy. Nobody is perfect. Everyone has scars and stories. Always communicate that and that is the key. Never to go back angry with each other. Now, I can see why you would give this advice to people. Again, I make the differentiation between love and appropriateness. And I know this is... Not something that everybody easily does. It's not even something that I used to do. Separate the fact that I love somebody from whether or not it was appropriate or healthy to be in a relationship with them. Um, that took a lot of growth on my part, admittedly. And a lot of people I talk to say the same. I would have loved to just walked out the womb with this understanding, but that's not that's not how it went down for me. You know what I mean? That's that's just not how it went down. But over time, I have learned that, yes, um, there's sacrifice involved in a relationship, especially a romantic one, right? Um, that there are things that are going to go on at times that aren't going to necessarily be the most comfortable. However, when there's pathological, like, dysfunction abuse like there's some there's some things that people don't even see as being unhealthy for them and my goal through having conversations about this is so that we can shine a light on it because it's so important so important especially now during libra season joel Barra says attachment has its root in survival and fear connection is love and free spirit Yes. Um, in some ways, I would say yes, especially when we're talking about the type of attachment that's codependent and unhealthy. You know, people are scared to lose people. People are scared people are going to walk away from them. There are some people that experience like a constant fear of being abandoned. There's so many different things that happen with this. Julie Marie says, indeed, the only healthy way for any relationships, whether family or friend, Anything else is draining and projection. We do have to have boundaries, y'all. You may not agree necessarily with the boundaries that this person is speaking on, but please have some healthy boundaries in place. Kitty Williams, um, it's weird. And I will say this out loud. When people like tag other people in my posts and stuff, I always feel like I'm being intrusive to jump in. <laughs> on the conversation but since i said i was going to use this in the video i'll read her comment anyway she tagged sarah armstrong and said probably why i'm single oh love because how can i even possibly put this on a dating profile Woo! leah malore says completely agree with this on so many levels this is compatibility you do not exist for another person but should be able to coexist together while living your own authentic lives Leah, props to you. I agree with that. There should be no desperate need for each other. That's a burden on each other and will suffocate you and your relationship. You can be completely in love with someone and still be your own person. Yes, the fuck you can. Yes, Leah. You don't live life for them. We're all here for our own experience. Love, 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 love. Yes. 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 I don't know what Tasha was saying. Desiree Carter said, ouch. Joel Barris put up the 100. Pima Wagmo put up a heart. 
Lisa, oh my god, I will butcher your last name, love. I am so sorry. Lisa Ukolajizak put up a hundred. Shannon Marshall put up the nah. <laughs> nah. Okay, Shannon. Sarah Brando, one of my favorite people. And I'm going to read all of this, Sarah, so let's go. She said, sorry, it's a short novel. My interpretation and added thoughts. Pictures one through two. I don't want passion, lustful love. There has to be compatibility. Passion, lust are emotions, which by nature constantly fluctuate. Yes, girl. In order to have a true loving relationship, there has to be compatibility as part of the foundation, which could be considered a path to still love each other when the passion isn't there. The compatibility is like glue, right? Whew. Love is a verb and applies to how we treat each other in the relationship, regardless of what emotion we currently feel. Cheers, man. Couldn't agree more. Yes, I feel what she said. So again, like I said... Love, I can love someone and never speak to them again. And someone may go, well, how is that loving? Well, you can realize someone is unhealthy for you. You can realize that someone has you continue with negative, you know, patterns and things like that and still love them. But, but know that your connection is not good for you or good for the other party. So let's go on with what um, Sarah was saying. Pick three through four. I struggle with the love without attachment phrasing regarding any kind of love. Perhaps it's semantics. Okay, I see that. I think love without codependency makes more sense. So do I, considering the rest of his message there. Yes, yes, girl. I 100% support ditching all codependency in relationships. I think of attachment when balanced as being more synonymous with bond. Yeah, I get it. I, I like that verbiage better. I'll agree. If one were to say that's my boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, wife, we're totally detached, unattached from each other, it would sound a bit concerning. Like they weren't seeking union with one another. Yeah. Um, yeah, the semantics on that, I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from, Sarah. Sarah goes on to say it very does. It very much does sound like he seeks bonding as he refers to his potential relationship as working together as a unit. I'm not sure why I've just had this love without attachment phrase on my noggin lately. Wondering if it's new age bullshit, something in myself to examine or semantics. I see the semantic part there. Um, I, I do resonate with the new age bullshit. Um, not that and some people might get offended when I say this. There are a lot of new age concepts that when I really sit with them and have sat with them on multiple occasions, I'm like, yeah. Like one of them is people saying to kill the ego. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that, that doesn't, that's not one of the things I ever tell people. You need your ego. It has to be healthy. You have to integrate it. But that's just my opinion. Other people can think differently. But that's one of the things that I would put in the category that I'm like, that's that shit that I don't fuck with. That's like new age bullshit. So I feel you on that. And then Sarah goes on to say, even if semantics or words do matter, I try to choose mine carefully. Yes, I'll continue to marinate on it, but would love to hear others' thoughts on this one. 
Overall, standing ovation for what he's saying. I could not agree more. So many marriages have a foundation of fear. Yes, they do. Gotta lock it down. Wanna, don't want to lose this one. Yes, yes, Sarah. So, <laughs> so many relationships have a rocky foundation of codependency. Ma'am. Ma'am. Yes, yes. Healthy relationships have relationships have both partners doing their inner work. Mm-hmm. They love themselves or at least committed to working hard on the true path of self-love so they can truly meet each other halfway. No partner can ever love you enough if you don't already love yourself first. Ma'am. Ma'am. That's where that fulfillment and being whole to begin with that's where it starts. And cheers for including boundaries. Unconditional love does not equate to an unconditional relationship or relationship without boundaries. Preach says, my love for you can be unconditional. A place in my life is not. This is what I have been saying. Yes. If too many boundaries are crossed, I will take away your access to me and love you from afar. Sarah Brando, this is why I love you so much. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Like I, there are people who I love dearly and without conditions who I don't speak to anymore and more than likely will not for the foreseeable future. You get my well wishes, my prayers, my positive thoughts, my hopes for the best for you and your healing and your life without my presence. Especially if boundaries are crossed. So yes. With his last two picks, I'm curious if he has run into issues as well when it comes to love without attachment. Those two posts sound quite personal. Possibly the type of mate he has dealt with in the past. I could see that. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but again, it takes me back to that love without attachment phrase. Potentially someone he dated who went to an extreme polarity of being unattached, attached with their interpretation of it. I could see that. Melissa Nicole says, I agree with all of all of those. People who are healed want those present in a relationship. It's healthy. Yes. Christopher Smock. This has put into words something I have never truly been fully able to state. Aww. I feel you, Christopher. That's why it struck me the way it did. It really caused... It was actually first a conversation with myself, like really taking in what he was saying, figuring out what resonated and what didn't. Shannon Mackey says all of this. These lessons have healed me on another level. Excuse me. Delilah, I think, Brie Guana says exactly how I am in my relationship. And my man always says, you're so healthy for me. He understands that I'm giving him my time, but do not need him. We love each other unconditionally and don't need to prove anything. We just are. And if it ain't all this, I don't want it. Well, go ahead, Delilah. Um, Emily Clarida. Yes, yes, yes. I so agree. I do not want to ever experience a we're still together kind of love. Ma'am? Ooh, ma'am, does that resonate? That is for the birds. Yes, the birds can fucking have it. I don't want it. I guess I should add that I'm a Libra sun, Pisces moon, and Scorpio rising. Hi, Emily. Well, I am a Pisces sun, a Libra rising. Love it. Um... Amanda Louise says, yes, yes, yes. Mahogany Diane um, Weber says, all that. Simone DeSources. Hi, Simone. This is it right here. Elizabeth Canfield. Beautiful. 
Megan Donahue. Hi, Megan. Totally agree. Even though it's hard, I believe it's attainable. What I'm seeing from a lot of the comments, you know, there aren't a lot of people that I've seen thus far that are like disagreeing with it. You know? Oh. Oh, God. Look what you guys get to see. So, Baba Wow. I don't even know how to say this. I'm. <clears throat> spam, y'all. This is the shit that gets on my nerves. I'm spiritual herbalist. I'm here to help everyone like instant money, evocation, divination, prophecy, power, healing, powers, orishas, initiation. Listen, I ain't even going to finish reading all that. Stop spamming my page. Delete comment and block this person. Yay. Bye-bye. We don't have time for that over here. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here, dickhead. See, the Philly in me is coming out. Um, Bree Stegman says, disposable trash, disposable dehumanizing society. Don't know exactly what you mean. Can only assume or guess, and I might have it wrong, Bree. There is a very interesting, like, dynamic especially when you're a person who grew up either people-pleasing or being self-sacrificing and martyring yourself in relationships. A lot of the times when you're like that, you attract people who are going to, like I said before, run you ragged, but drain you, okay? And when you're in situations, because I can even speak to a situation I was in for like 10, 11 years, this person had a whole drug problem and a lot of other issues. And I'm thinking to myself, little naive me back then, well, you don't leave people when times get hard. Well, you don't leave people when things don't go the way that you want them to. Well, you, you got to stand by people. They need support. Listen, all of that by itself, isolated, just talking about it from a general standpoint, all of that sounds nice. But guess what I did? I did that to a fault. I let that press person drag me down with them. I didn't even have a fucking drug problem. Their problem became my problem and dragged my entire household down. They constantly showed me that they did not care that I was willing to go through hard times with them. Matter of fact, they used that as an excuse to put us through more hard times. Sometimes, despite your best intentions, you really can't do anything about other people. And staying with them is not always the best idea. Discernment's so fucking important, y'all. So important. But I'm going to end this right here. I look forward to not only be able, being able, excuse me, to go through comments and give feedback, but also upcoming like lives and different things we could have where you guys can participate in real time. That, that would be amazing to me. I love being able to hear different people's thoughts and opinions on stuff. And I'm going to make it so that you can call in on a live you know, actually get to talk, bring some more people up here so that we can discuss important issues, particularly, particularly when it comes to dealing with 
heavy dynamics in relationships, very common dynamics in relationships that people are struggling and dealing with and, and really feel helpless. Like, seriously, this this is important. This is one of the reasons why I even felt called to share my spiritual journey because of the transformations that I've gone through, um, specifically as it pertains to dealing with other people. Like, I've learned so much about myself through relationships. Most of us do. But it's really important that we understand what healthy connections and relationships are when you're thinking about your friendships your connections etc on a one-on-one basis with people please the very best thing that I can tell you during Libra season is really examine really examine how it aligns with your values how it aligns with how your relationships align with what um, you put out into the world and if if it doesn't what's going on There's a lot of people that will continue to take, just take, 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 take relentlessly from people who are so willing to give. And it always saddens me to see someone ruined by a damaged person. And and in a lot of ways, we're all damaged. The shame is not being damaged, okay? What becomes a problem is when people refuse to face that damage and work on it. And then they impose their damage on other people through forming relationships with them. It's just not right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, Love Doug is going to be all about relationship topics. When y'all see some of the people we have coming up here to have some of these discussions, I... I'm so excited. So thank you so much for tuning into the very first episode. I, I, I just, I can't even tell you how grateful I am for the opportunity to be able to com- connect with so many of y'all. Hope you have an amazing Libra season. Peace. Next up, everybody, we have the Virgin Priestess with her Libra season, Mercury retrograde in Libra, charm casting and carpool. Enjoy. So this is a collective reading for not only the Mercury retrograde in Libra, but also Libra season. Okay, so let's get into it. So I think I'm going to start in the self section um, because there's nothing there. So there's not really an emphasis on the self. Um, Libra is ruled by the house of partnerships. So it makes a lot of sense that There's so much energy in all these other sort of communal or social settings. But when it comes to the self, it's just you. It's just you. That's it. It's just the self. So I'm going to start with the family section. So in the family section, we see a butterfly. So this tells me that there could be some metamorphosis in your family. That could be a either, you know, maybe you're bringing a child into the world or maybe you know, you're inviting somebody new into your family or perhaps 
a family member um, is transitioning or perhaps, you know, maybe you're becoming, you know, the sort of matriarch or patriarch of your family. Um, and I, I think that that is, this is just a symbolic of there being a transition, a transition and a metamorphosis from within your family unit. This can also speak of changes in your in your lineage in your DNA especially if you're doing deep like generational trauma work like there's there's a metamorphosis here that you're you're facilitating on a genetic level in the center here we have this like holy armor so you are being divinely guided and protected like there's it can't be more clear this is the center so this is the core of your reading the core of your reading is that you are being divinely guided and protected. In the work section, there's not really emphasis on anything here. So it's not really about work during this time. It's really about your interpersonal relationships and things like that. <clears throat> so in the finances section, we have a snowflake, a rainbow, and um, an anchor with a wheel. So... The snowflake usually indicates to me either doing something unique or perhaps there being a little bit of rigidity or frigidity with one's finances. But the rainbow is always indicative of there being something brighter coming, um, something, you know, that everybody notices, right? Like everybody notices a rainbow, everybody marvels at that. So to me, this this almost speaks of like, a miraculous turnaround of some sort or whatever and like it's steering you in a new direction that's what this means you're being steered in another direction financially so palm trees right here a palm tree is a symbol of endurance and whenever you see a palm tree you think of peace and relaxation and you think of you know tropical weather and sunny days and all that other stuff right mm. But then you also have this empty road here. So it's like, I feel like what's happening is in the home section, and you see how the snowflake is sort of crossing that line between home. So there may have been some frigidity in the home and maybe some tension, because this is giving me the energy of tension right now where automatically, normally, I would, I would suggest that this is protection. Because it looks like a cornicello, which is that like, pepper looking thing that like Italians wear. It's, it's usually a symbol of protection, but for whatever reason, this is, this is giving me, um, this is giving me some sort of agitative vibes. It's, it's making me agitated. So there could have been some stagnation, some agitation in your home life, but here's a palm tree and an empty road. So it's like, perhaps there's an emptying or a cleaning out or Perhaps all those feelings, if you've come to understand where they're coming from or what they were trying to tell you, it allows you to clear out to make room for something within your home life or within your day-to-day -day that has longevity and brings you peace and stillness and, and paradise almost. Like for me, this feels like you're turning your home into a paradise. So whether that be like the way that you operate within the confines of your home, whether that be somebody that you're bringing into your home, whether that be something that is leaving your home, like whatever it is, I feel like it's leading to peace. Like it goes from cold 
to warm, right? To From snowy to sunny. And this empty road, it's like, you're free to do whatever you want now. Now in the, oh, sorry. Now in the travel section here, we have a ring that represents engagement. We have a sailboat that represents obviously like dis more distant travel. And we have um, like a crocodile alligator. Crocodiles and alligators, their energy is always very intuitive for me because their eyes are kind of on the top of their head and you don't really know that they're coming until they pop up on you. You know what I mean? So there's an energy here that is sort of sneaking up on you. And it may happen, you know, maybe when you go to a friend's house or a party or something, there's something here for you that leads to some sort of commitment or contract. The ring could also be a contract. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be an engagement. It could just be a mutually agreed upon sort of circumstance, right? And crocodiles for me are both land and water uh, animals. So like for me, the mixing of those two energies like earth and water, I really feel like there's potential for some sort of solid foundation. And these are some of the oldest animals known to man. So like this kind of gives me a very karmic vibe. Like whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, wherever you're, you're, you're putting yourself, there's something here for you. There's some, some sort of lesson here for you. There's some sort of experience here for you. But I also say proceed with caution for some people because this energy can be kind of sneaky until it's already upon you. You know what I mean? Then in the friendship section, we have a lotus. So this tells me that something that there is a connection, uh, or something that's been very enduring. Lotuses are very enduring flowers. They grow from the mud, right? So they grow, their roots, you know, grow in the mud and it rises up out of the water right onto the top of the water. So for me, this tells me that there's something blossoming French in friendship wise that like came from a shitty situation. So, Hypothetically speaking, maybe you and somebody got into an argument and you met some new people. And this new person allows you to sort of be yourself in a way that somebody else is really trying to suppress, let's say, right? Um, so it allows you to sort of rebirth yourself in the way that you operate within a connection. So it's almost like you're trading one connection out for another. That's kind of what I'm gathering here. Um, but if it's not that, it's just that there's a friendship here that is more spiritually aligned with you because the lotus is a very spiritual flower. You can see it in almost every bit of ancient art or um, it, it's spoken about all over the world. It's beauty, it's magnificence, it's meaning. It, it's just, it's truly a beautiful plant. And it really is a symbol of death and rebirth and you know, beauty coming from where beauty was not previously seen or recognized before. So this, this is, this almost gives me like magician energy. It's like, boom, all of a sudden something that was, you know, trapped underwater and, and trapped under mud and muck all of a sudden turns into this gorgeous fucking thing. So this tells me that 
from from a, a, a less positive situation, something really beautiful and profound is developing for people. Then in the love section, we have spiral. This is very karmic. This is a very karmic or faded, um, faded thing, okay? Like it was always bound to happen, coming full circle. And then we have the cookbook here. This is absolutely telling me that there's something in your life that's brewing. There's some sort of relationship to love that's brewing, whether that be love for another person or love for yourself, or maybe love of yourself through loving another person or loving of another person through loving yourself. It depends on the way that each dynamic is, is sort of situated and what you've been through already. But this, this gives you a, uh, step-by-step -step sort of instructions to me this is spirit guiding you and giving you directives on how best to create the you know the sort of outcome that you want or how best to facilitate the the deliciousness of a connection you know what i'm saying so this is spirit giving you step-by-step -step instructions even when you use a cookbook or even when you're doing something that you kind of know you're being guided to, you still always question whether or not you're receiving the information right or whatever. This is really saying like, trust trust the steps that you're given because it, it's going to lead you to something and you're gonna be like, oh shit, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. You know what I'm saying? So now we're going to skip to tarot. For Mercury retrograde <laughs> and Libra season, we have the four fucking staves, the four of wands. This is a commitment card. This is a marriage card. This is a, a, a card of stability. Um, and it's also like an archway. So you're like, you're literally entering new terrain that is abundant and vast and fulfilling. And I'll, 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 clarify that with the king of staves so the king of wands the king of wands is entrepreneurial he's beautiful he's he has a lot of vigor and fire and passion and this is an energy that's very magnetic and attractive so here you have stability commitment entering a new chapter and here you have somebody you know he has this big wand over his lap you know what I'm saying? I feel like he's being very cheeky here. There's someone who's being very cheeky, very playful, but still very mass, like very masculine and alpha. This is the energy that I'm getting. I'm getting very alpha energy here. Then to clarify things even more, we have the 10 of cups. That's ultimate fulfillment. And it looks like they're being married. Like, and they're standing over a rainbow and there was a rainbow on the charm board right over here. So it's like, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of happiness. Like I'm seeing a lot of positivity in this reading. And even if it doesn't end up that way, or if it doesn't seem that way in the moment, you need to keep following the instructions that spirit is giving you. You need to keep practicing and, and working on your discernment. You need to make sure that you're making the decisions, you know, um, that you need to make in your personal life and in your home life, make them, you know, make your boundaries, create, create, uh, a line of communication that maybe you were too afraid to create, 
like your family, your ancestors are standing behind you. You are being divinely protected and then you're being divinely guided at that. And there's something really beautiful being birthed here. So overall, I think this season, while for some people this, you know, this may be a bit more negative for them, the collective that I'm tapping into is certainly having some really beautiful things, you know, bubbling under the surface at the moment. So uh, I wish you all a blessed Mercury retrograde in Libra and a really, really beautiful Libra season. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Love Thug by Spiritual Gangsta Certified. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so that you'll know when I post a new video. Happy Libra season, y'all.